Hello, and welcome to the Rooted in Reliability podcast, your plant performance podcast, where we dive deeper into asset management techniques and know-how. I'm your host, James Kovacic, and I will be your guide to achieving industry best practice. The Rooted in Reliability podcast is here to provide you with the insights to improve plant performance and deliver bottom line results to your organization. In case you missed the last episode, you can find the Rooted in Reliability podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on the reliability.fm network. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Now let's dive into today's topic. It is my pleasure to welcome Conrad Greer to the podcast. Welcome, Conrad. Thank you. Thank you, James. So, Conrad, you are the founder of SPC Results. And I'm going to paraphrase here, but you're passionate about really driving results with material math, with material data, making changes to inventory and how we manage our materials, but starting with the data side of things, taxonomy, material masters, all those great things. Although super brief, what can you tell us about yourself, your background, and how you got to be where you are now? Yeah. um, So, yes, I I am passionate about uh, uh, maintenance, repair, operations, materials, uh, material master identities. It's a common, weak problem. I work largely in the oil and gas utilities, pipeline sectors in Western Canada, uh, and, and it's a very common problem. Uh, and I, from all my reading, I believe it probably extends into to, to many other industries, uh, and, and we're probably talking to a to a broader audience than, than my core clients right now. But I, I believe it's a common problem. Uh, I come to, I, I'm. Uh, have been an SAP functional consultant for, for about 20 years, uh, implementing and, and optimizing and supporting SAP. And the, the primary focus in there for, for our clients is, is on the supply chain maintenance integration. That's where the business value is and it, it drives most of their programs. If there's an opportunity, it, it's because they're trying to do maintenance better. And, and, and I'll, so it, Maintenance supply chain fit hand in glove in, uh, in in my typical clients, and it's it's the maintenance benefit that is is the big deal for for most of the clients. Uh, and in that, what I've seen is there's a, a, a fundamental common weakness of poorly identified MRO material masters. Uh, there's there's confusion. Uh, so, anyways, before I get to that problem. I have a unique background that that I was a Marine engineer officer in the Canadian Navy uh, before I got into my SAP functional consulting. So I've the nomenclature of, you know, pipes, valves, motors, fittings, control systems. uh, I'm I'm quite familiar with, uh, you know, not as a taxonomist, but but I use them and, you know, we we plan refits and maintenance periods and operating at sea and, you know, corrective maintenance. So, um, so I, I have a background, uh, with the, these materials and, uh, what I've seen used is, is that, uh, they're, they're pretty weak, uh, identities and that causes confusion and mistakes and cost. And so that, that that's sort of what my, you know, how, how could we do that better? is is what my focus has been all right excellent 
No, I have to agree. So I have limited experience in oil and gas, but I have a lot of experience in other industries like consumer packaged goods and various things like that. And you'd be hard pressed to find an organization that actually has a proper way to identify materials. There's issues with having the manufacturer in the description field or the line that it belongs to in the description field and it blank in the existing manufacturer field or manufacturer part number field. Um, there's no consistency that I can see in how a lot of parts are identified. Sometimes it's bearing, sometimes it's bearing, sometimes it's a BRG abbreviation. Sometimes they include attributes, sometimes they don't. And sometimes we have five of the same thing on our shelves, just under different descriptions. So there's some significant challenges there. So I don't have the depth of experience you have in this, but I had the opportunity to, in the past, go through a couple uh, data cleansing and data standardization activities for quite a few for a few different organizations to try and clean up some of this, streamline our material masters, remove duplication, that sort of thing. And it's good to hear other people talking about this because it is something that needs to be done. Now, at a high level, why... Why do we want to standardize our material information, our material masters, our taxonomy, all those different things? It, it makes workflow. It cuts down on mistakes. It it just uh, the you know the the reasons that companies wanted to um, you know standardize their, their maintenance procedures, uh, you know safety risk cost performance, it, uh, having standardized identities uh, supports all of those things. And, and you, you'll find you know, in most companies on their strategic goals, you know, that they want to operate better and safer and uh, you know, lower risk. These, it, it fits companies' strategic goals is how I see it. All right. Excellent. I agree with that because when we look at organizations, what they're trying to do is reduce how much inventory they're carrying, improve turnover of their inventory. You know, they're trying to do all these different things and even manage obsolescence. How do we manage parts that are being obsoleted by vendors or mm -hmm. stuff that is no, no longer applicable to us because we've sold off those assets? It's very hard if we don't have a good control of our material master data to do so. We have duplicates. We may not have the right things. But uh, obsolete materials do not get removed from catalogs because they're so weakly identified that is it really gone? We, we don't know. Maybe it's someplace else. We don't know. And, and there's so little known about it that the safe action is just to leave it there. Uh, yeah, so because that, they're that not linked. Place of it. Yeah. yeah, they're not linked to bill of materials. So we can't do like a where used in SAP to actually identify what assets are these attached to from a job plan perspective or a, sorry, task list and SAP speak, yeah. um, where have they been issued to all those different things? We can't do that. And there's, there's a, a bit of a circular dance. Um, so, so my industry, uh, you know, not, not one of the more, uh, maintenance mature or organizationally mature industries. So, so, you know, in, in their ERP systems or CMMS systems, uh, still most of them have developing bills, maintenance bills of material as, as a, as a to-do thing. 
and and uh, you know that that sort of fit my interests. And and as I've I've watched these programs, it, it's sort of trying to like stitch together needles in a haystack because you know the the MRO catalog is the haystack and uh, spectacularly unproductive bomb creation programs and and you you create a bomb and then you give it to someone else to check as well you know this other material we could we should substitute these five for for those five because they're all so arbitrary so you know you're trying to get to that source of truth so one of my conclusions was uh, rationalize the catalog find a way to rationalize the catalog first and then and then you can uh support these uh, maintenance bombs and yeah and on on the road to running uh, a, a maintenance function well uh, maintenance of bills materials just you know it's got to be there you know that that's that's just on the road absolutely now i like how you said rationalize your catalog first because to your point you may have five bearings that are the same fit form function how do we decide which is primary which is secondary or Forgive me if I'm wrong, but an SAP, you can put those in, I'm trying to remember the terminology. There's something to do with a manufacturer part number and you can link those to a, a site part number. Yeah. Almost like a nested approach. And then if you do that, it makes it even easier, but you got to rationalize your catalog first. Yeah. And, and that, that, to me, that that's the, uh, uh, there, there's a, a whole material type that you create sort of sub-materials that uh, are, are identified by the manufacturer's part number. So, so this, you know, the, the example it's always given is, is, is bearings and SKF and Timken, you know, so you, you can have this, you know, material master that is the bearing for this uh, particular uh, motor. And, and, you know, but, but then you can have sub materials underneath it. That is the Timken and it's, it's the SKF. Uh, I personally find that complicated. My introduction to that that particular problem was was at a client, and it was sort of the standard uh, supply chain maintenance functional uh, bickering. And the supply chain guys were rewarded for their cost savings, so they were trying to get you know the best deals, the cheapest parts. And the maintenance guys said, you know, you know obviously, and it maybe only happened had to happen once, but they bought some cheap things that just didn't last and you know and so this ongoing tension is there and uh, one of the sap consultants on our team came well well we've got this new function that just came out in this new release and we can do these the maintenance guys loved it everybody loved it 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 was it was a, a very complicated machine to put together to solve this problem one what what they really should have said, got collectively together, where's the most value for the company? Well, it's probably putting in OEM parts, you know, for, for, for their setup. And that, that may not be universal for everyone, but for their setup, the maintenance guys were right on this one, that, uh, you know, the knockoff parts was, was a, was a false saving. And, and, you know, so they just really sort of needed to get beyond or, or, you know, that, that, there was a bonus for the supply chain guy for, for buying cheap parts. That, that was the real problem they needed to solve. And, and we, we put quite a bit of effort into inventing this, this way to sort of daisy chain all these things together that 
the, uh, the supply chain guy could buy cheap parts and the maintenance guy could use expensive parts. And, you know, and, and everybody would be happy. Um, so I, I didn't I didn't much like that. It, it may be a better fit in other situations, but that, that sort of poisoned my view of, of these uh, uh, manufacturer part number materials set up. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head, though. What provides value to the organization? And that's going to vary by each organization and how far you take some of these standardization of material masters. Um you know, if, I have, if I'm an organization, I consume a ton of bearings and I have a wide range, SKF, Temkin, to your example, it might be worthwhile doing that. However, there might be instances where there is no point in doing that because I don't care who makes this type of glove or this type of whatever. As long as it meets these specs, I don't really care. Right. And then we leverage, you know, PIRs to support that instead. You know, there's lots of different things we can do here. But I think the level that we take the standardization to is based on the value to the organization of doing so. If we can't identify a business savings or a result or improvement in efficiency by doing this, probably shouldn't be doing it. The data cleansing is a means to get us there, not the means itself. Yeah, and, and exactly. And, and the, you know, it's, it's the sum of the value opportunities that are, are left by, by weak MRO material master identities that, you know, like that's that's the driver. That's what we want to go after, and uh, and you know, and, and I, I have this notion uh, you know, that, that we want to find the root cause of of what these uh, weak MRO material identities are, and uh, you know, so so th- that that's what I've looked for in in in, in my work. And, and uh, I've got a story I tell myself and I, I believe it and I'd, I'd like other people to believe it. All right. Excellent. Now, in, in your experience, you know, we have this problem of these inaccurate material masters or spare parts information. How do we go about cleaning that or fixing that? Because I've heard a couple different approaches. Curious to hear how you want to approach it. And then as a follow-up question afterwards is how do we make sure we're not in the same situation five years from now after we've done the cleanup and we've let people have their way with the system? Yeah. Okay. So, so what I find is that uh, you need, you need to put all the materials uh, into a, into a taxonomy. So you're, you're structuring them against a, a common standard. And and you know and the standard has to be better than it starts with a noun, uh, you know and, and like you, you had a, a short list of, of sort of bad things that, that you see, but and you know, that's absolutely common, but it, it, the, the standards are not good enough. Uh, so my concept is is an identity taxonomy, and and I use the word identity because it's it's not just the descriptions, it's. Uh, the most common uh, concept that I, I run into, and particularly to non-warehouse uh, uh, maintenance people, is that all, all of these things have have a manufacturer's part number, and uh, you know that, that a lot do. Most of the uh, significant ones do, but it, it's certainly not universal. And there are very important uh, MRO items that are, are not uh, NPN. You know, so you know, 
think think of of of, of pipe, uh, a, a lot of gaskets. Um, uh, so there's there's things that, that you just can't you know you just can't compare MPNs, and then you get into the you know which is certainly the bigger crowd is 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 the MPN uh, segment, and and there's lots of reasons that that they're not comparable. And again, if you don't have a, a, a syntax standard, uh, and, you know, and I've seen this in mergers, uh, you know, and it's an SAP to an SAP merger. So I think, well, we've got all the data, you know, there's, there's, there's no transformation to do. We've got all the things, put them together, you know, hundred thousand records here, hundred thousand records there. We compare the MPNs and we get, you know, 70 matches anything well you know like don't don't know the specific plants but there's there's more than you know they, they all use fisher controls they all you know the, there's there's a lot of commonality there and we're getting like zilch and it's you know whether they put in spaces or hyphens or or, or in the you know uh rosemount uh, controls they, they've got you know these sort of smart numbers that can be 80 characters long. Well, that doesn't fit in SCP in the, in the field. And, you know, so, so they've different ideas how to chop them up or, or, you know, so there's just lots of reasons that, that, that MPN is, you know, it definitely not a saving grace. And I, I've observed that, you know, like that, that, that's a empirical observation. Uh, MPNs is not the, 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 the key to the identity to these materials. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's what I've observed is it's because it's, it's been collected. I, I think of it as, uh, you know, my clients are all enterprise clients. You know, these are bigger systems running on SAP. Uh, so there's there's 10 to 200 plants uh, involved in our in our enterprise. And uh, but you, you go back and these things started off, uh, you know, roll it out, you know, how far back. But it. Knowledge was was people centric, notebooks, uh, rolodexes, and and then this got built up into plant level systems, and then and, you know eventually rolled. There was never a unifying thought on how to put these things together, and as you know, SAP and and the other software vendors, you know, they the master data that's the client's responsibility the the big systems integrators that i work for you know same, same sort of thing that's the client responsibility and and so this this step of how to put together these mro materials in, in a in a consistent useful basis um, nobody solved that problem and it's it's not it's not a rocket science uh, problem and and i'll say the other thing where there is management consulting expertise uh, with with inventory and, and uh, you know, it comes from direct materials and manufacturing, and and as you know, as as I've gone out and sought, well, what's you know what's the rock solid on here? What I find is always references to the manufacturing world, and and uh, you know so so raw materials and intermediates and uh, components. It's it's a different you know I'm not saying it's not without complexity and, and there's certainly a lot of attention to it now but it's it's a different problem than than MRO and MRO just sort of gets swept under the carpet so that, that's sort of the background why I think it exists um, so um, what yeah so what I think is is it's the identity of the record and you know when you pay people you have an HR record. 
paying people is really important. You're in trouble if you screw it up and you need to know who you're paying. So there, there's strong identities. We use social insurance numbers, that sort of thing that, that are, are, are strong, unique identifiers. In, in the IT sense where, you know, with my clients, they, from the IT side of it, it's that material master record is the identity. It, it's not because you can have, you know, 70 of the same thing. They all have unique material master record numbers, but but they're talking about the same thing. So there's a lot of that. And um, when data gets talked about in an IT sense, it, it's about transforming it and loading it. And it ignores this identity problem that, you know, that, that's just never seen. So, so that's the problem that, that, that I think needs to be solved before we do system loads and you know, like that, that's the thing that's going to deliver ongoing value. So to me, identity of, of, uh, of an MRO material is the sum of its, of its descriptions. So short and long descriptions, uh, there's there's uses of these materials where they, they, they come into the you know, engineering technical world. So key specifications, you know, there's lots of things that, that uh, you know, particularly sh- short descriptions are, are inadequate to, uh, to, to, to fully identify. So, so we need key specifications for, for the users of it um, that, uh, you know, that need to know this is different than that. So descriptions, key specifications, and, and then the, you know, the OEM and, and manufacturer part number. So those collectively I see as an identity. So if, if you take a material master and you, you populate this, this, uh, a class, so, uh, you put it together and, and if you have a second material, it has the same attributes in that class, you know, it, it maps to the same class and has all the same attributes. Well, then that is an effective duplicate, whether, you know, however it was originally described. So, so that, that's my approach to it. So the, the first thing is, is making it rational. So you need to take the, the universe of industrial MRO materials and, and, you know, and that is relatively common across industries. Uh, You know, it's going to have stronger focuses in some areas than others, but, but it's, it, you know, it's these industrial, mechanical, electrical control systems, uh, piping systems. Uh, there, there's a universe of, of what these primary nouns could be. And, and that's, uh, so you need to make that rational. And, and there's lots of things, you know, you, uh, besides just sort of the, the, the syntax where you use abbreviations or long spellings or, or this, the, you know, the, the wrench spanner, there's, there's all sorts of these things that are out there, how you call something. Um, the important thing is that you need to standardize it in your company. We're going to call, you know, we're North America, we're going to call wrenches, wrenches. We're not going to call them spanners. We're not going to have some of them called spanners. Uh, and it needs to fit in that. So as you as you go through these records and you class it, what class do I put it in? You, you need a way of, of, of finding all these synonyms and mapping them together. And that, that's something that is a, a missing thing in, in a lot of systems now. Uh, they're based on, you know, they do data cleanses and the data cleanse refers to, we've got a million 
old records that we map to. And, 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 and it can even be called machine learning and artificial intelligence. We've, we've gone back and reviewed. The, uh, but what they haven't done is consolidated uh, how, many, how many actual classes there should be. Uh, and and, and that's, that is very significant. Uh, so you boil it down. I'm of the opinion and it, you know, it's debatable in every client and it, it's, you know, it's like I haven't defined the MRO universe. You know, I've, I've got a set that I think is pretty good. And, and it, we, within that set, there's, you know, there, there's these synonyms and where I think something, you know, should, should map to a particular class you know, client, you know, their subject matter experts just say, no, like that's, that's not what we do. And, you know, and that, that's fine. But having that consistency that, uh, um, across these, these classes is, is, is the first fundamental thing. So you get the classes and, and I think that you can, you know, it, it's a, around the, the order of, of 500 classes. And, and I, I use a bit of fudging on generics, you know, like, so chemical items, you don't need to have a class for, for, um, you know, hydrochloric acid versus, uh, you know, acetic acid. You, you, we can just do chemicals and it's, you know, so the, 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 the class is chemical. Uh, you, you substitute in the actual proper name, when, when you map it, but then it's, you know, it's, it's concentration container size. Uh, you know, there's the, the attributes then sort of standardize after that. Uh, so, so you don't need to, you know, you don't need to sort of fully specify the whole world and have it all figured out. Uh, so you put that together and, and then you map up and the, the clients that, that I work with have, you know, sort of a hundred thousand to three hundred thousand MRO materials, uh, and uh, I, you know, I, I sort of think before you you go to cleansing it, you, you could with with some reporting you, you can can whittle that down uh, significantly. Uh, you know, items that have just never been used. Uh, what, what the whole system does is it 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 begs. Uh, maintenance planners that are rewarded for being able to make a plan on time. And that means largely finding the materials that they need to execute that plan in the system. And one of the things that happens is if it's confusing and uncertain or they've, you know, they've, they've got wrong materials before they put in a new material request and you know, so then essentially when they go to plan that job again and they're, they're planning the same systems, they've got a material master that they know works because they put it there. But that's true for the next guy and in the next plant. And, you know, and, and so that, that, that's uh, sort of the ongoing clutter. And, and those every material master administration program that I've worked with all has a duplicate check. But if there's no way of, of sort of checking, you know, like, like what's real, well, then it's not a duplicate and we add it in. So there's, you know, like I, when I, I said we compared these two plants and we got very few uh, duplicates. Well, that happens on the new material admin creation process as well. 
They're asking for something. They're calling it. No, we don't have one of those. And, and he wouldn't have asked for it if, you know, if he found what we were looking for. So we add it. So, you know, that, that's the source of, of growth. And, and so the problem just gets worse. over. This podcast is brought to you by Iridicio. Be sure to check out Iridicio's IBL blended learning for maintenance and reliability professionals. This SMRP accredited project-based curriculum will take you through all aspects of a maintenance and reliability program and provides you with all the tools you need to generate a 30 times return on investment for your organization and a set of credentials from the University of Tennessee for you. You can find out more at ibltraining.com. Yeah, and I what I what I found to address some of those concerns there is there's a a governance process in place. Sometimes it's a tool, sometimes it's kind of manual. But in one instance, I worked with a company and they had the list of all their nouns and each noun had a modifier associated with it. When you had submitted your material request, you had to select the appropriate noun modifier. So at least it limited it to that. Another company I worked with, we built uh, a custom web app where noun modifiers were built in. It had all these fields you had to populate. Then we can consolidate all these different data points to a standardized format and it would route through approvals. As part of that approval, it would do a duplicate check. But because all that data had to be standardized up front, it could help eliminate some of these issues that you're referring to. But once again, they invested much heavier than others did in providing governance behind it. Yeah. Well, that What you just said, that's sort of exactly my concept is you, you need to somewhat standardize these things uh, as you collect you know, what the identity is of the request. And, uh, and, and so to me, you use that both in cleaning it, cleaning up the existing catalog. Um, and, you know, and, and then you, you have this, this tighter, more specific catalog. It's also easier to search in when, uh, you know, you, you don't have to guess which of the four or five possible first nouns it might be, um, so yeah, so so that that's that's the idea, and then yeah, of course you use the taxonomy in the ongoing uh, material master administration process, and it, and it's then it stays that way. Now, once we get that kind of set up, so we've gone through, we cleaned our masters, we got a process in to govern that, so it's it's maintaining it moving forward. What are the benefits that companies are seeing? Are they seeing reduction in inventory? improved planning efficiency, you know, what are they actually getting for all this work? Cause it is a lot of work to clean your material masters. Yes. Um, and, and companies do do a lot of work and I've seen, you know, less than stellar results be, because it, it wasn't rationalized and, and comparable. Uh, I, I, I've, I've done some smaller companies and I, and I haven't got back to what they're, what their results were, but I, I can certainly talk well about it from, from the problem standpoint and sort of coming back to the not as mature industry um, in, in oil and gas, the, the biggest dollar value thing that, that I see out there, uh, a, a common issue is you know, this thing is broken. We got to get it. And, and it starts off and set to work. So this is brand new systems, you know, and 
second shift is still, this thing sort of fell over, got to get it back for the morning. They, they go, uh, you know, so second shift's got to, got to get it back up. So they, they start, well, we need a work order and okay, the materials. Well, we just paid the EPC, you know, a zillion dollars and, and we've got all this master data. And then somebody said, it's now I'm, I'm sort of 20 years out on this, but this example is a true one. Yeah, there's three trailers over there with filing cabinets and bankers boxes, and the answer is in there. Yeah, shock. Okay, stop. We're gonna make a. We're gonna make materials. We're just gonna do non-tax. But you know, we we will get. My problem is I got to get this thing back up. So they create the data, and and that's that's the start of it. And, and this this uh, money that we paid to, to engineer and, and and get things right in the first place, it, it gets broken right from there. So uh, uh, but what yeah, so what ends up happening is 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 non-stock materials are bought and then you know and I'll order an extra because there's low trust with the warehouse and supply chain. And, and then we build up and, and I've, you know, I've heard estimates are just sort of wild in, you know, lots and lots of zeros. Uh, and, and, and this is also describing a cultural change from, from completely reactive maintenance to, to where, you know, in the industry now it's very common that they, they want a reliability centered, you know, they, they, they want planned maintenance, you know, the, 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 those are, those are not new or radical ideas and, and they're well on the road to that. But amongst the, you know, the, the little pieces of culture that, that are embedded and still found is, you know, I'll, I'll get an extra and I'll put it in my locker. Or we've got a space out back here. And boy, when, you know, and in the future, you're still a hero when you've got the part, you know, well, we don't have that part. Well, I think I got one. Uh, yeah, so, so that, that that is that is a huge huge spend, and it's it uh, it gets you know it's it's direct charge. It goes to the work order. It just gets rung up, and and there's all these parts that are potentially floating out there if somebody can find them, and uh, you know and, so and it goes five. The, yeah. So we're carrying five instead of the one we need to carry because everyone's got their own special little hidey hole. Yeah, that's right, and and it goes back to you know. Uh, Sort of system centric versus human centric, and uh, you know, and it, it obviously doesn't work. So that that's that's the biggest one. Uh, then I this I have from from talking with 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 uh, uh, maintenance managers and and, and schedulers, uh, that you know is, is is interruptions on materials. You know, so so the you know the big interruption could be that you're you're actually going outside the you know we, we can't get the 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 you know production back up in our window, uh, or or it is indeed corrective. But you know, so as soon as you're disrupting production, you you know you've got big big costs instantly. But you know, on a lesser and and probably much more often uh, um, extent is. Is uh, you know we, we've got we've got a maintenance window, we got it planned, and we lose all of our slack because you know they brought the wrong thing out or, or you know, and 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 these 
you know, the uncertainties about these identities fit in into that as well. Uh, in, in the warehouse, um, there is clearly that there's lots of times that there's multiple uh, versions of the same thing stocked. And, and, you know, and you can still run into this, this material availability problem when you, you've got it in the warehouse under one number, but they ordered it under a different number. And there's no way to know that, you know, we're out of stock on that. Uh, so, so, you know, those problems uh, exist. Uh, and uh, actually in a, a big one, and I, I haven't, uh, I, I, I have two examples that I described, but you know, installing incorrectly specified materials can can be huge catastrophe. Uh, catastrophe. So the you know, like the Challenger space shuttle with the O ring. You now, so it, it wasn't a you know incorrectly specified material master. It was, but but you know, you can you can it could easily be that you know it was a you know, a job and we installed this and the system said it was right, but you know it just weak identities it was wrong and and it's a critical component and and I, i'm aware of one uh you know major fire you know it was over a billion dollar insurance settlement and and five months of production loss uh that, that came from incorrectly uh specified or you know in well, the wrong material installed in a, in a drain pipe with with hydrocarbons and you know so the the material rotted and you know, and then it leaked, and, and it started this you know, big catastrophic fire. Uh, you know th- that that particular one, it it went back to you know EP, EPC design or, or the you know the installer. I'm not sure who ultimately you know, it, but it was a wrongly installed material. But but that absolutely exists in in our you know in our day to day operations. Uh, some of the you know some of these seemingly minor materials have huge safety responsibilities and and if they're not correct and if our system is telling people it's correct you know we're we're, we're increasing risks that that uh, we, we don't want to take so so that that I have that at the end of the spectrum you know very unlikely but but huge uh, economic and life and safety costs environmental costs that that's that's a, a possible outcome of of uh, these poorly identified materials and, and then we get into uh, just you know the, the frustration and, and people working together making the system work you know we, we want things that to sort of uh, flow like music like an orchestra and you know and we've got these poor material master identities that are, are making the instruments out of tune and and it doesn't work as well so that, that that's where I see you know the the, the costs uh, so it's 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 every business process that that uses MRO materials. It runs poor and less efficiently because of weak identities. I agree one hundred percent. Now that incident that you referred to with the fire, I haven't seen anything to that level, but I have seen product recalls or product holds in CPG because an O-ring of the wrong material was installed. Now you have product contamination because it wasn't compatible with the product. So it happens on a regular basis. Now, this is people listening to us right now are probably saying this is overwhelming. How do I get started? How do I even tackle this problem? I didn't know it was a problem. 
So with that, you offer some services to help with this. Can you tell us about SBC results and how people can get in touch with you to help understand the scope and magnitude of this problem and how to solve it? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so, yeah, so what I found, you know, the root cause was this lack of, of a consistent identity taxonomy. And, and I've seen a couple of clients that, you know, that started up, okay, well, that's what we need to do. And it's our responsibility. And they start, and, and it's overwhelming. And they, so, it, and, and gave up on, on trying to do their own identity taxonomy. Um, and then there's un, industry standards and, you uh, um, I, I have researched that. I have not found something that is fit for purpose. And, you know, and that includes UNSPSC and uh, Pydex in the oil industry. Um, they're, they're inadequate. So that's where I, I did my own research, uh, collected uh, several million, um, oh, sorry, that's too many, uh, hundreds of thousands of, of, of material masters and, and sort of what are the roots and, and how do I consolidate them. Came up with my own taxonomy. It is, it's, it's not, um, you know, the, the absolute finished product, but to this, we can't, you know, you, you described the, the, this uh, company that you were you know, like that, that is a lot of work. And, and what I'm starting out with is here is, uh, you know, here is the, the 70, 75% solution and we can get started on it. Um, so that, that, that taxonomy, I think, is, is absolutely the critical thing. The next going with that is, you know, with, with you know, what, what may be hundreds of thousands of, of records, uh, taking a smart approach to how to, how to go about standardizing them. Be, because you know there's a lot of clutter uh, you know, just some never used, some some clearly obsolete. Do do some analysis, whittle that down, uh, classify it, and then now there's a, you know offshore data cleanses is is a very common th- thing. Uh, not not too much interest in 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 house data cleansing. It, it's it's not very economic, uh, but if. To me, if, if you apply this taxonomy and you have the classes and the attributes and, and the items are mapped to the classes, the, the offshore data cleanse is, is a very effective tool. Uh, right now in the industry, there is a lot of buzz about master data management. Uh, it, it ties into the industry 4.0. And, and data and analytics and big data, those are these are IT industry things that are, are, are big selling uh, points. So these MDM systems, you know, so this is sort of thinking of this as almost IT department led. You know, we're going to improve our. You know, we, we've we've noticed we've got lousy master data and we're going to fix it. And we're 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 going to you know we're implementing a new master data management system. To to this MRO problem. It's not solved unless you've got the rules, you know, which which I say is the taxonomy, and uh, so on. On these master data management systems, every vendor uh, will make the the sales point. Our system can apply any master data, any quality rules that you have. 
So again, you get back to, well, what are my rules? Well, we don't have it. You know, we have a noun first. So, so you know, it's, it's a very good, powerful tool, particularly for doing these comparisons. You know, it's, it's a far better tool than, than, than doing Excel or, you know, in the, in the outsourced world, they, they probably have, uh, you know, Excel or their own internal tools. The MDM systems have very good tools for comparing, but if you don't have the data quality rules that make things comparable, you're still not going to find the, the effective duplicates. So, uh, so there's a number of, of roads. You know, so I, what what I offer is uh, the taxonomy, the analysis up front. I, I like to think of it as I, I I want to be your guide to get you to this quality uh, MRO identities and, and set you up so that you've got the governance uh, so that it stays that way. And so that, that is uh, uh, my objective. And I, I, the, the other two sort of associated things with it is, you know, sort of the life cycle, the um, capital projects, getting that whole uh, – Building across the board from from what we built, getting the you know the asset strategy, linking it up to the asset strategies, the, then the, the stocking and, and and sparing strategies, and, and then creating the records. There's a flow across there of getting that that new capital project data right and on time. So for you know, for my set to work example, that when that you know this thing fell down. Your job is to get it up for the morning. We've got the data there already, and it's working. So that, and then the final part is is that that obsolescence. And again, things go out of service in projects, and and so to, to my concept is is making that linkage. The material master world has that when it's obsolete, we take it out. They it's disconnected when when you know uh, the technical. Uh, world is 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 decommissioning, you know, because they've upgraded or, or something. But you know, something goes out of service. It's it's that break, and and that's where the governance process, you know, it, it just needs to build that connection. So those are the services. Uh, I consider myself a guide. Is is what I want to be as a company's guide to, to to doing this whole area better, and and then figuring out how exactly in their circumstances, you know, the right things to do. Um, so I, I work in SAP. I've, I've, I have worked in, in other clients, you know, because it, it's it, it's about the identity of, of the of the items. It's you know, it's it's not the the SAP database structure, or you know, it, it's none of that uh, to solve this problem. So uh, it, it's certainly easier and, and comfier for me to work in SAP, but. Uh, but, but you know that, that that's not an essential element. The the, the value comes from uh, the the structured rational taxonomy being applied across your catalog, and 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 that's not uh, software specific at all. Yep. Now, where where do they get in touch with you? Website, LinkedIn. What works best? Uh, yeah. All of the above. I, I do have a company website, and it's uh, you know it's www.spcresults.com, and uh, uh, I'm on LinkedIn as Conrad Greer. My company SPC Results is on LinkedIn. Uh, 
So those are probably the easiest ways to, to contact me. All right, excellent. I will make sure to put links to all those in the show notes. People can just click a button and go right there. Excellent. Conrad, I want to thank you for taking the time to chat with us today about material masters, material information, and why it's so important for us to get this right. You highlighted some great examples from not only a financial perspective, but from health and safety, environmental risk perspective of making sure we know what we have, what we're installing, and that's specified correctly. So thank you so much for taking the time today. It was a pleasure. Thanks, James. I would like to thank you for listening and remind you that you can always find out more on maintenance, reliability, and asset management at www.iridicio.com and by following our blog. The Rooted in Reliability podcast is a proud member of the Reliability.fm network. I'd like to ask you to please rate and review this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. It ensures the podcast stays relevant and is easy to find by like-minded professionals. It is only with your ratings and reviews that the Rooted in Reliability podcast can continue to grow. I thank you for providing this small but critical support. We'll see you next week when we dive into another burning topic with Rooted in Reliability, your plant performance podcast.